Welcome to the only podcast about made-up dragons, made-up stories, and made-up fantasy roleplayers. I'm either Lillo or Willow. And I'm Foster Grant. Today, we're delving into the depths of the dragon's lair, looking for lost and stolen treasures to bring back to you, the listeners. Foster! There's a strap on. Oh. Foster, I have some bad news. The whole time we've been recording this podcast, it's been upside down. Have you ever started building something that takes a lot of precision and care, only to realize you did it completely upside down? Me neither, but Father Reinhardt has on the Dragon's Horde. we were here the horde of the undead is slowly rising encroaching yeah. on the party but and i don't think we're quite there yet no we aren't we're We've gonna got a backpedal we're gonna take at least 47 steps backwards let's do it maybe 37 yeah if we have to nice round number let's keep <laughs> gotta keep consistent here. yeah we are nothing if not periodically consistent <laughs> <laughs> So, um, we met, uh, I, I, I want to, can I read the minutes? You can. You can read okay. the minutes of last session. The people here at our last recording session, as your name is called, please say I. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I was thinking about Lillo. I think that's a stupid name. I like Willow a lot better <laughs> now, the more I thought about it. Yeah, and I had said Willow, and you really just heard Lillo, so I was going to let you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So, if it can be Willow from henceforth, I'd be cool with that, unless you're particularly attached to continuity. No. Okay. <laughs> Good. So, Willow it is. Uh, that, that, that is all I, that's really all I wanted to address uh, for this whole episode. Well. I'm kind of done with Well, if you want to uh, contact us, you can. <laughs> so, we um. Have a call center that will. Don't me. Ugh. Anyway, did did you hear the the um the the ending of last episode, the call drive extravaganza thing, the for the T-shirt? Nah, I did something stupid at the oh, end okay. of last session. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to listen back. It was pretty, it, it was all right, but don't worry, you guys. If you, for those of you that did hear it, Foster's back, so they gave him back to us. Mm. Um, so we have Willow. We discussed the um. After, after departing from the town uh, that the herd takes place in, speaking with Saquon, they're like, "Hey, th- like they're gonna be like guards and uh, guards are gonna be here, like white on rice. You guys got to get out." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there, who who did we say would know about? Did the farmhand? I think it was the farmhand. Yeah, he's like, "There's a this thing is special. Like I've seen it do special stuff. Like mm-hmm. this, the the egg baby." Um, go to this like scholar dude, um, and he will be able to at least like give you maybe maybe give you some illumination at the very least. Like he's a friend of a friend, mm-hmm. and then he can help you out. Which I kind of like to think about this guy at, in terms of classic medieval, like the religious folk of the day. Like the monks were the most 
learned people, mm-hmm. but they studied the scriptures as like their basis of study. But it seems like those were the only people that knew how to read right. or write or like do basic arithmetic. Or it's like they like part of their scholarship was what we would just consider a high school education, right? Um, and that high school education was like the the, the tippy top of mm-hmm. academia at the time. Um, and I kind of like to think about this this priest guy as sort of that flavor of like he's a religious guy but like maybe he's not married to a particular religion maybe he is more of just like intelligent about a lot and he's married to the idea of devotion yeah yeah and and the idea that like divinity exists Mm -hmm. and it is like kind of his duty and maybe all of our duties to at least try and find uh, to, to try and find out like the ends of knowledge like at what point can we not know anything anymore and right. sometimes that is means dipping your toes into things that are unverifiable or something mm-hmm. like that which like 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 a deity or something showing like that. up and yeah yeah just yeah uh, uh, you know apart from a god just like coming down and being like here's my business card you just won't ever know right but he is maybe his his philosophy is sort of like just because we think that's the only thing doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to find alternate routes to discovering if right. the, the divine exists. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how I was seeing him because um, him being just, oh, I'm a priest of egg baby feels a little too on the yeah. nose. <laughs> and I feel like depending on how the encounter goes, maybe his temple can be kind of like a checkpoint questions kind of place. Like a place yeah. the party can revisit and get more information, mm-hmm. and he can kind of be your expositional dump kind of guy. It would be cool to have him be like, uh, to be like a polymath, sort of like he's a he dabbles in like alchemy, and like he can write and he can read and he knows stuff about religion and local affairs mm-hmm. and political affairs and maybe about the history of right. local. So he's just like, yeah, just him being an expositional dump may not be a bad. Just like a repository mm-hmm. for uh, both physical and like uh, intellectual sundry. Yeah. Him being like, hey, I can come here for not only like a potion of healing, but also if I'm like, hey, I met this guy in town that owns this shop. And he would like, oh, yeah, that guy's been here for whatever. However long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, it seems like temples a lot of times are, sorry, religious institutions are crossroads for a lot of different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we want to talk about world tendency, that would make sense that he would see a bunch of different faces, especially if he is known as like... The, the priest without a god. Yeah. Like that. He's got that foreknowledge of just being the guy who, it doesn't matter like what walk of life you are, you can go yeah. turn to him. And I, and I, that may be an interesting thing for other people. Like if you meet people that know him to call him something like that. Yeah. Like the priest without a god. Because like he is a priest, so he is divinely acquainted, but he's not married to any one mm-hmm. idea. Um, anyways, that's sort of. Framing stuff, I think, is going to be important from here on out with some of the big beats, especially if this guy is going to be reoccurring, Mm -hmm. especially if we open up the door to where he can be reoccurring. Um, So, yeah. Anyways, framing is important. And especially if you're the kind of geek that likes lore and likes continuity stuff. Like, it it may not be bad to establish at this point. Because it's fun to introduce, like, a foil... 
sure a lot of jingle jangles. <laughs> um, you know, we're introducing a foil, and that's Willow. And then we're introducing an antagonist, which is the Vigilant, which Willow just happens to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And then we're also introducing kind of a sanctuary, a space where those two things kind of don't matter. Right. Those things become, like, kind of leveled out. And it's funny because the very first time they enter the sanctuary is going to be Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> which I think that's an interesting metaphor, too, is, yeah. like, those two ideas clash mm-hmm. inside of, like, this space where... It's it it's such a blank canvas inside of like that space where something like that can happen, right? So, I don't know. From a narrative standpoint, I think that's interesting. Okay. So, the, so anyways, the godless priest. Yeah. Um, are we gonna? Is he gonna be like a father or something? <sighs> I feel like it's like a very like just endearing term. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay with doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Doing like a. Maybe shying away from like a like reverend something and more of like a kind of generic like father, whatever. Seems it seems uh yeah endearing. Yeah. There's there's an endearing quality to that. That's fine. Do we have a name for this guy? Uh, we've already proven that I don't come up with names very well on the fly. Uh, I can see. see if I have any. Uh, uh, father Reinhardt. Or... We already have a Father Reinhardt. Do we? I think we mentioned a... Fa- that sounds, like, really familiar. Like, it, like, like super familiar. Because I've been thinking about the name for this guy, and for some reason that came to mind. Father Reinhardt. Where have I heard that before? Because it has just been, like, that name has been in the back of my head. Did you do a thing for a dread of Father Reinhardt? No. That sounds so freaking familiar. Father Reinhardt. Is there an actual, like, historical father? There might be. I know that Reinhardt's in, like, Overwatch. Let me just see. (laughs) Welcome to our real-time Google part of the show. Father Reinhardt. Django Reinhardt? Joseph Reinhardt? (laughs) Overwatch. Lots of Overwatch. (laughs) Stuff about Reinhardt. Is Reinhardt Bridget's biological father? I guess it's just Overwatch. Sure. Father Reinhardt it is. He's... So he knows this shepherd guy. And I guess that he just kind of knows everybody. Yeah, I, guess I think that's, that's, gotta, that's a gonna I was be gonna, consistent through I, line. I was going to try and do like a thing where it's like, oh, this guy owes me a favor or something like that. But if we would just want him to be... To kind of have the... Uh, I feel like everyone might owe this guy a favor. Oh, I mean, uh, like... Reinhardt owes oh, Shepard uh, guy a favor, but I think that I I agree that I think it may be more interesting the other way around mm-hmm. because that he is a Renaissance man and kind of a polymath. Yeah, him just being he's kind of like uh, he's just a jack of all trades. Oh, uh, it's like Da Vinci in the uh, Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a polymath. He just is. He has touched and experimented with basically every mm-hmm. point of everything oh, may, oh maybe he's mildly proficient with most of them what if the farmhand oh what i like, said so what if the farmhand like to try and repay father reinhardt for what he's done for him is like constantly like if he finds any like weird vegetation he like brings him a sample oh yeah it, yeah so he's thing. yeah like, alchemy he feeds his... that weird like knowledge addiction that yeah. he has yeah yeah that's fine i like that and then he's sending these people there um what if he sends him with something that he found? That's a good idea. And I like that. That way that's a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what if they he sends them, they have the pink poncho? What if he's like, 
just send like you don't have to give it to him. Just like, let him. Let this him guy wants it. to look at it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like he won't ask it from you, but he'll take it if you give it to him. And what if you even did a thing where it's like if you do give it to him, he gives you something back. But if you let him study it, like no harm, no like like nothing bad happens, nothing mm-hmm. good, no nothing extra happens. But if you offer it up, because I think the poncho was like. It, it was basically just armor that, mm-hmm. like, any class could wear. It counts as, like, basically just a it, just a poncho. It's, like, somebody gives you, like, a plus two or whatever. Yeah. So, and I think it had some type of holy property, too. I think it does, like, damage reduction for evil creatures or something. Or, like, undead or something like that. Something like that. Which yeah. would be very useful. That would be since useful Since our sorcerer is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Undead. So, the, if you give him the poncho... I like the idea of them, like, players being, giving the players a chance to be, and encouraging them to be generous, mm-hmm. because it's, uh, because you are, like, I think D&D is just, like, the general zeitgeist, oh, oh, sorry, the zeitgeist coupled with just mechanics is you are encouraged to be selfish. Right. Mm-hmm. I think... That's why murder hobos are a thing. <laughs> they exist, and they're prevalent. Yeah. The fact that there is, like, murder hobos is something that you, you should just assume will will happen present yeah is that there's a reason for that so giving your players an an advantage an advantageous reason to be generous Mm -hmm. i think is a good precedent to set and it it may be a good trend to be like if you want to be if you if if you want to be something other than a mobo like murder hobo there's a viable like path for Mm -hmm. you to take and like as a world builder that also gives you the chance to be creative with like weird stuff and just have Correct. them bring it back to Father Reinhardt for him to study mm-hmm. or for him to figure out what it is. It, it makes it it makes it to where you can create the problem with, with world building is the fact that everything begats something else mm-hmm. and everything will become something else. And that the the terrible rabbit hole is starting off with like, here's this town, here's the name of this town, here's the mayor of this town. The mayor's father is this guy, and the mayor's father's father is the one that built this town. He was best friends with the mason in the next town over, and that's why they built this town. That mason dude owned a quarry that was owned by... And the, <laughs> like you just and doesn't you, end. Nothing happens. Yeah. You, you haven't done anything consequential. Because of the, the, your players, unless you want to start introducing time distortion, won't go on back into the past and meet that dude's father's father's business friend who owned a quarry. It doesn't matter. They'll see the streets, but they're not going to mm-hmm. care who built it. Yeah, them. you knowing that is important, but... Uh, something fun would would be to like just have a weird box that does like a just like a weird wooden box that they find. Mm-hmm. You know why what it does, and you know why it's there, and you may be even able to give good hints as to why it's there. Mm-hmm. But having a weird box that every single time you open it up, there's a different piece of like fruit in it, and then just giving it to this guy because <laughs> it's like how useful is that actually? But giving you guys an excuse to go back and talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, the fruit mancer of yeah. the of the east. <laughs> I don't know. It's and then, dude, Father Reinhardt could just evolve into just like you said. He just he's he's a little. He's got a finger in every single pie, mm-hmm. and so I, it, just the nicknames could just flow freely. <laughs> and I think that that is also like a good. It's a good wellspring of uh, of inspiration for you to. Mm-hmm. Th- there is nothing really that spurs creativity than introducing something that you don't have an explanation for but knowing that there's this ticking clock where like i eventually have to explain this thing (laughs) especially if you have a week in between you introducing something and being like so you have like you know you've got to at least be like 
Like, there's a reason why that bugbear was knitting a sweater. <laughs> it's like, and that's all we have time for today, you guys. I'll see you next week. And then you have to come back, and you know you have to be like, well, this is actually the uh, a transformed old maiden or whatever. You, you, that pressure, the necessity and the pressure build something really interesting, and you being conscious of that and throwing things at yourself that you're not prepared for is can be really fun, and mm-hmm. this guy can be a fun exercise in that because the consequence of it is you just having another item that you have in stock to give them as a reward. You don't have to explain mm-hmm. that. You can be like, oh, I don't... This is very interesting because I don't know what this thing is. It's like, I'll get back with you. And three months later, when, <laughs> when they by the time you've forgotten about it, <laughs> if you ask me about it four months in advance, in out of game... So oh. I think it may be an interesting, this is just a, a, a thing that we don't have to quite really expound on right now. I think it'd be an interesting idea to where the more stuff that you give him, like he learns more and more. And then eventually like one of the items that you give him is something that like corrupts him or like taints him or something like that. That like kind of Cthulhu-esque where it's like he's learned too much sort of idea. And he just breaks. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden he, he, he is like... He, yeah, he has, like, cracked the case on some kind of cosmic property of something, and it's just, like, you can you see the more that you give him, the more, like, the, the weight of, the, like, the burden of proof mm-hmm. just literally is weighing on him to the point where he's kind of, like, husky, and, like, his brain is kind of lilted and turned in weird ways. We don't have to explore that too much right now, but yeah. I think it'd be an interesting thing to see him evolve into this really reputable, intelligent guy and then he has so much intelligence but like doesn't, like can't apply it to anything because yeah. the universe is just so large or yeah. whatever. Knowledge is power and power corrupts. Yeah, power corrupts and that's, <laughs> that's it. The, yeah. That's uh, the theme. I think that may be an interesting thing that doesn't need to be explored right oh, now. Yeah, but absolutely. I, what race is he? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh I'm not sure. I picked, well, I guess we kind of both picked Willow being a gnome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we kind of unanimously thought mm-hmm. that was a really interesting idea. Small things are endearing for weird reasons. Yeah. So. What if he's odd? What if he is... Like avian? Or is that not odd That's enough? pretty cool, actually. I Some like sort that. Of bird Some type person. of bird person. Mm-hmm. Birdman. What if he is bird person? <laughs> what if he is? What if he is? <laughs> we can explore person. that if you want. That'd be... Uh, it's just so easy to populate towns, even in your brain, and I think even in your players' brains, to be like, there's a town full of a bunch of fantasy races. And then it's humans, elves, dwarfs. <laughs> and then, like, maybe a hobbit's in there. And, like, maybe, if you're fringy, a half-orc is in there. It's, you know, in, in your brain, I don't think you... You auto-populate things that are familiar, especially within the genre mm-hmm. and having maybe that's changing with whenever like D 5.0 introduced things like the tiefling, mm-hmm. which is like, they're, they are just Satan's babies. Right. And for like, but they're also like civilized members of society. Even mm-hmm. they have a, even if they have a bad reputation, a little bit of a checkered past. Yeah. Yeah. And they do that. They're not responsible for. And that idea I think is really helpful. I think that's one of the big pros of D and D is they 5.0 is the fact that it's subverting a lot of their own expectations on stuff. So maybe having a guy that is that seems different, but not like not dangerously different. Yeah, you know he's not a demon. He is not. He is not like a gargoyle or like a sphinx or something like that. Something something huge and weird and mystical to the yeah. point where it's like I should be afraid of this thing. It's so different. 
um, anyways, I like the bird bird person. Bird guy. Yeah. What if he's? I think that's that may be even a fun little like. What if he's like a? He looks like a, um, uh, uh, um, like a parrot or something like that. <laughs> just or a large like, parrot. Yeah, just like he's he's like kind of constantly. He's got that instinct to collect information and be able to like spit it back out. Yeah. And, but like sort of. I don't know. He just he just like you constantly catch him repeating what you say. But, yeah, but yeah. that's just him like analyzing. Maybe like under his breath. Yeah, I, I like that too. It's like oh, it's like these pews are really nice in here. It's like these pews are oh, really nice in here, aren't they? They're really just kind of always like that chitter chatter. Yeah. Like his like the brain his chatter is, is just is yeah right. yeah his tick is just like his brain chatter is just constantly like on the outside. Mm-hmm. He's externalizing that. He's, he's got so much in there. He can't yeah. fit brain chatter. He's got too much already. I like him already. He's pretty decent. <laughs> oh, man. Cause I, I just imagine them, like, depending on what he's, like, into at the moment, like, they're coming back to his temple, and it's like, oh, why are there, like, why is there, like, shrubbery growing out of the ceiling? And it's like, oh, because he's been messing with... I think that's a really good idea to start with that, mm-hmm. to introduce him as a... Because you've already said, like, this person knows things, mm-hmm. so they know that he's already a, a knowledgeable person that can tell you things about history and religion. Mm-hmm. You already know that. Um, even subconsciously, like, you know, this person will be, a, like, a wellspring of information, but you don't know that he's going to be very practical. I think it'd be a really cool idea if you start, if you introduced him as doing something alchemical. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's not only knowledgeable, but he also can apply it to things. Uh, I think that's actually, I think that's really, I think that's almost pivotal. Mm-hmm. So we w- they're gonna meet him in the middle of like a thunderstorm, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're gonna need they're gonna take shelter. Yes. That's gonna be another reason why they're going in. What if he's like playing with some sort of like mild like weather manipulation type stuff, mm-hmm. or just like electricity, like basic electricity things? What if we talked about before that like there's a fog rolling in and you see that like that like red eye of a mm-hmm. thing like growing intensity? What if that's like he's pumping something into like an engine or like cranking out like a bunch of like smoke or something like that like into his into like his big um um like ossuary ossuary i've never said that word out loud ossu ossuary ossuary uh place where bones are kept Mm. a graveyard and he's just pumping out smoke into it and just like i've made a way to Make smoke. <laughs> That's impressive enough on its own. <laughs> then you can, you can pair that with like thirty minutes later when the sorcerer shows so up and it, his, there's still it, just like kind of this latent mist all over yeah. the place that just sits there. And then there. you see this eye thing again. And mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just wait, he's right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really interesting to to have that again. Like continuity is fun, yeah. especially whenever something like that, something innocuous, turns mm-hmm. into something sinister, but not because yeah. Really, I mean, I mean, that's no doing of his. Right, he's, he's just kind he, of he made a smoke machine. He's eccentric, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, what is? What would? Uh, <laughs> this is really stupid. But what is? What would be someone's motivations for making a smoke machine? <laughs> does he need a reason for that? I don't know if he necessarily like needs. This guy one. doesn't need. I don't one. think he needs to either. I, and I feel like well, this guy. If never... you ask him, what? Okay. If you ask him, what would he say? What would he say? Because he doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm working on a cloud puffer for a cloud man. He doesn't have to say that. (laughs) But if he says, I mean, if he says like, oh, because smoke is interesting. Even something like that. Even like that amount of reasoning. Like, what would be his, what is his reasoning for making a cloud puffer? (laughs) I feel like. Out of like fucking 
lichen. I feel like there's got to be like some times where he just like wanders down into town and he hears people talking about things. Mm-hmm. And what it, he maybe he heard some sailors talking about how like the clouds were like right above the like mm-hmm. the ocean and like how it was gave it a weird effect. He's like clouds on land. Well, that's mist. Can I make mist? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, the... that's nice that he's like. Um, we well, we talked about like what are the fringes of knowledge? Mm-hmm. Can he synthesize natural? How far can mm-hmm. how far can he dip his toes into like weather creation? Right, and that's like his his latest like whatever his mm-hmm. weird like harebrained thing that he wants to do. So maybe he's got his uh, toes in some like like uh, hor- uh, 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 horticulture and like some botany and stuff like that, where it's because he you know. Plants make oxygen, and, like, he's got these, like, kind of alchemical ideas that, you know, obviously that affects weather and weather patterns and stuff like that, and he's also working on this cloud puffer, and that's, like, he's, he doesn't quite know, but he's, like, he's onto something with the cloud puffer, and he can't even tell you why, but he's just got a really good right. feeling that something about this, this cloud puffer is gonna Like, be- maybe, like, three or four times after, like, if you go back to him, like, three or four times later, you just walk in, and there's just, like, a thunderstorm happening inside that mm. he created. <laughs> That'd be interesting, too, if we make him, if we flavor him as a learned man, but, like, at heart, he's, he wants to, create. he wants to have something to show for mm-hmm. it, having him be of a Da Vinci type, but like, a, like an inventor. Mm-hmm. So, like, he makes his clown puffer, and they leave with, like, little... Um, uh, I don't know, little wooden boxes that they can break on the ground that like makes a cloud. Basically, a smoke bomb. Yeah, they can make like little smoke bombs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That would be interesting. Towards like, I figured out how to do this thing. I know how to like encapsulate it into something magical. I can <laughs> like, turn this physical thing into something. Like, like he goes and he grabs like small crates and he like sticks it on the end of the thing and he cranks it. Yeah, and he cranks it. Stuff See, in that's there. cool. That's yeah. fun. Because because that doesn't make sense because they would eventually like. Yeah, evaporate, but it works. It works, and you don't have to. You don't have to argue with results. Yeah, like he he told you that he was onto something. Yeah. Like you should have just believed him. Like he he is the kid who like farted in a jar and then closed the lid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it just turned him into a genius. <laughs> or maybe he did that because he was already a genius. So takes a genius to fart to think to fart into, into a jar. jar. And maybe many people did, but no one took the step of actually getting the jar. So and he will, he is he's the guy that will mm-hmm. fart. <laughs> he will build up a fart and he will find a jar. <laughs> um, so they go there. He's farting into a jar. <laughs> oh, no, what what would be an interesting like? It would be a weird self encounter. Is if while they're with this guy and they're like thinking through something, if they summoned Walter. And Walter and this guy had a conversation. What a weird, weird... I can't even predict what would happen there. That, that would be That's insane. just an, Im- an like a unstoppable force meeting another unstoppable force. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, this guy's, like, super, like, in the quest of knowledge, and then you give him, like, the world's greatest encyclopedia. Yeah. Like, what would... <laughs> Don't let that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's like giving the world like the the greatest oh, man. AI that has ever existed, and then being like, "Here's what Wis- Wikipedia is," oh. <laughs> but worse because magic. <laughs> so that'd be very interesting to see what, what those what would happen if those two forces collide. And you may want to be prepared for something like yeah. that if you want to introduce greatness. Like, they don't let the party give Walter to this guy. Yeah, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't let that happen. I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, feel I don't like Father Reinhardt would have to like just decline for some weird reason. Well, because he's he's not he's more focused on other things. Yeah. He's like Gosh. he's talked about or, or like maybe he's like I, I've I've it's in like the like it's in his calendar that he's gonna work on like warding and like abjuration and like that's next month summoning. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like his brain is so full of cloud puffers mm-hmm. that like he's gonna he'll he'll take the dog tag from you but it's gonna get lost in his cupboard somewhere and he won't find it ever yeah. again because his cupboard's full of other weird dog tabs that people have given to him <laughs> maybe he even opens up like a cabinet and they're just like full of dog tags he's like i don't i can't <laughs> like oh, my dog tag cabinet is so except yeah. for walters <laughs> like, it's, uh, my dog tag cabinet it's just full like i can't put another dog he's tag. got a drawer for everything yeah that would be very interesting that <laughs> <laughs> he's forgotten where like with all everything, of everything is. <laughs> he's really he's like he's super, he's super intelligent or, he's super organized but there's just so much of but, all yeah, the things there's, there's just too much it's like do you have a ruby pen didn't he opens up a he's, drawer he's, when he started he just started organizing stuff but he didn't have like a system of organization he's just like if I keep all similar things inside of a cabinet then obviously I'll know where all those right. things are but he never took a time to be like this is where, like, the green stuff cabinet is. <laughs> Here's <laughs> all my pendants. Yeah, so if you, that's, why, that's why if he's super intelligent, he has all that stuff. If you ask him for something, it may take him. He may even tell you, like, it's going to take me days to have to rummage through <laughs> all this stuff. Like, nothing can happen immediately. And it gives you a good cop-out as to why. is because, like, in his cellar, where he has, like, a city's worth of, like, rows and rows of cabinetry... He doesn't, he's lost, after like the first time he put the first thing in the first cabinet, he's already forgotten where it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it, he started with a Dewey Decimal System, and then after that he tried to start His arranging own. things alphabetically. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he color coordinated for a yeah. little bit, but that didn't work. <laughs> like, just, when you, from, from beginning to end, you just see like 30 different organizational techniques. That's really interesting. I, I've... Oh. He's really charming. This guy is great. He's really charming. We're knocking out of the park with NPCs here recently, my boy. Um, so I think we have framing good with this guy. I think we have... Um, I think one last thing that we need to address with this... With with Father Reinhardt is... I really feel... I think I made Father Reinhardt. Did you? I think I did. Like, and you played him? Or they... Father it... Reinhardt is in... Father Reinhardt is um the board game that you play with the mansion. He is in it. That's Father yeah. Reinhardt. He is in Betrayal. I don't think it's a bad thing to have another Father Reinhardt because that Father Reinhardt isn't a bird. That's true. Ours so, is. Ours is a bird. I think I want to take it just a just a real quick like sixty second tangent on stuff. Don't don't be afraid to steal shit. Oh, just yeah. steal shit. Just do it, and then the only time whenever you feel bad about it is if you look back on it. I've taken so much stuff from my pantheons and just just unabashedly stole like stole them from other stuff, and some things it feels weird. Because it's like, I took this deity from Dark Souls and this other deity from classic D&D 1.0. And it feels weird, like, having those two kids play together. Because one of them existed, like, 60 years ago. <laughs> Not even 60 years ago. Like, what is that, 30? 30 years ago and another one existed last year. <laughs> it feels weird. But the thing is, like, if you're playing, a, like, a fantasy world that 
it's none of it exists anyway. Especially so just, with names, like yeah, names are so like that's so arbitrary. Like yeah. it's it's it's. I mean, that's why you can pick them arbitrarily. That's why you can be like, oh, this name sounds good for the sole like sole purpose that it's like. I like how many consonants are in that name. Like, I I am working on a sub pant sub pantheon. I need to stop doing deities. Um, so there's like the four dragon lords, and there's like a sub pantheon, and like Quetzalcoatl is like this Aztec god mm-hmm. that like you know whatever they were real jazzed about. And I really want to. I really just want to have that in a campaign at some time, just because that's such a flavorful name just yeah. quetzalcoatl like there's so many so many consonants and q sounds are so odd yeah. and having that tl like there's no cultal cultal like a like an oxalotl that's what that comes you know that's the same language that came from that aztec that tl is very aztecian um anyways and you can just be like reinhardt sounds cool i'm stealing this Bye. <laughs> this is my game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the thing is, like, you're not trying to cl- claim intellectual property. Yeah. So, don't don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. He is Father Reinhardt at this point. I can't really think of him as anything else. So, um, I think the last thing that kind of needs to be addressed, though, is his temple. Because I think temples are, or sanctuaries, or even if he just has an ossuary, which I think may also be really interesting if he just has a building of... Do you know the... Um, I think it's in France. Maybe in maybe in um, Greece. It's the giant sanctuary made of old monks' bones. You know what I'm talking about? There's a place in... I think it's France. I, I'm not going to bother looking it up. Um, but everything. The walls, mm. the chandeliers... It's all bones of of the old of like old monks, and it was built in like Black Plague era stuff. So people were dying, so they decided to turn bones into. It actually exists. It looks like a necropolis. Right. Is what it, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they don't call it just a necropolis. I'm gonna look it up just so you can see pictures of it. But um, uh, ossuary in love bones. Um, yeah, it's a bone house. Uh, the world's largest ossuary. It's just they have chandeliers of wow. of just of just bones. The mm-hmm. walls are mortared skulls. It yeah. just all those are just skulls. Right. Um, they have a temple. They have a they have an altar That's made crazy. of just bones. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it's and it's all of like most of it. It started as the monks that lived there that died, and it was like a way to honor them. Um, because there was no room in the actual graveyard, right. and then whenever. People kept on dying. They're just like, well, I guess we're going to honor people. Other people do in this place. Uh, I think that'd be interesting to have something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if we're going to make him very pronounced, I think also his maybe his sanctuary should be a little different in its own way too. Um, especially since it's non-denominational. Right. In a way, it doesn't have to be bones. Like, it doesn't have to be that. But the fact that, like, I think that it should be that, like, strange. Right. It's not It's not your typical temple. Mm-hmm. You don't go there to pray to a single deity. People may come there to pray to a deity, but the person beside them praying to, to their deity is a different deity. Mm-hmm. It can It can be. It right. facilitates that. Um, and I kind of don't know what a structure like that would look like. I guess. And I think that's also... I, th- I think that is going to be important, especially if this is reoccurring. Mm-hmm. Having that kind of nailed down. Again, framing right. is important. And it can't just be like a big barn with a bunch of different shrines. 
I think it could be. I think we can do better than that, though. Yeah, yeah, so. What if it's, like, subterranean? What if it's, like, not even above ground? Because his graveyard is above ground. We do need the guy to blow in the doors, no? We, we do, can, we we do need it, a guy to blow in the doors. Yeah. That's too That's interesting just a cool of a scene, scene yeah. yeah. Oh, what, what if... if he, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what if the upstairs is just... This is, like, a small building. Like, it is subterranean, but upstairs is just the... Um, like mortician's room where he yeah. deals with the body. Like everything upstairs is to do with the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And then once you go down into it's the like templates, that's like his um, laboratory. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about what if, uh, when you think of structures, what are like the, th- there's like, I can think of like two. Okay. You think of fantasy structures. Towers, thatch roof cottages, castles. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like external structures, not so not dungeons and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but like so towers, thatch roof cottages, castles. Um, depending on the setting, you could have like I don't know, maybe like a like a stone, uh, like a solid stone uh, smithy's house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't catch on fire whenever he's doing stuff. Those are kind of like the big icons of right. fantasy. It's like the baseline. But I never really see very many pyramids. Like having like a... Like having a like ziggurat a, or something like, a, like Yeah. Some, just something... That's why I put a ziggurat in the last thing. is because I just... I've, I've never played in a fantasy game where like a ziggurat has been... Maybe that's just a very like western thing. What is? Non... Pyramidy things. Yeah, well, it's very Eastern. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a, like having like the. Whenever you say pyramid, you automatically think of like Egyptian pyramids. Right. Um, I just think that would make it iconic if he had like a pyramid, and you could even do. You can even try and like shoehorn in like some type of mentality, like uh, uh, mentality behind that, towards like, you know, there's all. The foundations of knowledge all like lead to a single place, and we don't know what the tip of it is, or something like that. You know, something I don't know. That's just that's just. He's gonna get there. Yeah, it seems like there is a tip. We just it's you know, it's so specific. There's Mm -hmm. only like there can only be one tip of a pyramid, right? And the meaning of the universe is forty-two. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's such a specific number that you have to find that number out of the grab bag of it infinite numbers right. kind of stuff um but you could also do something like if you wanted to do the pyramid and we wanted to marry our two ideas you could do like a pyramid where like the top half of it is like two stories high and like you a see a reverse like, pyramid situation regular pyramid where it's like it looks like regular it looks like a small pyramid on top but it like extends it so deep mm-hmm. into the ground and a reverse pyramid would be very strange like is it might like you should have like a small pyramid on top, mm-hmm. and then upside a re- down. Oh, a reverse. Right. So the rooms get smaller and smaller. Yeah, as, as they go, down. and then but it has like in the middle of what would be the base of an upright pyramid is a smaller pyramid that sits on top. What <laughs> if what if he's the one that built this? And he started, like, he started building the pyramid, but he realized too late that he was building it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I got to, like, like, you know, 30 feet deep, and then he, like, turned his 
schematics, schematics like, oh no <laughs> he's like oh no I've been this upside down I've been bamboozled by myself <laughs> you don't so, play yourself he right he didn't have enough resources to build it the other way and he just kind of used those scrap pieces to build that little <laughs> one <laughs> like the little gift shop on the top <laughs> that feels very Reinhardy to me to, to like blindly pursue like a you a, live a, and you learn yeah <laughs> But now it's like, a, like, but now it's impressive. Yeah. For them to be like, wow, he's like, they got this huge pyramid. Where is it? You can't see it, but I promise it's there. <laughs> that's that's how impressive is it, he is. It's like he can build a pyramid that's upside down and not even realize that he's doing it. Yeah. I like I like that yeah. too much to describe it now. Yeah. So the top, the smaller pyramid. What if they even say that too? Whenever they guide you there, it's like, hey, just it's like it, it's such an iconic structure. Like you'll see, it's just like it's it's the pyramid. Like you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. There's no other pyramids within like a couple hundred miles of this place or a couple thousand miles. Yeah. And just go, you'll find the pyramid. It's a mass. What do say? It's even like a massive structure. Blah blah. blah. And you get there, and it's like kind of like two like or three stories. Two stories high. <laughs> and it's like okay. <laughs> Maybe it's even like patchwork together with some other like stones, like just regular old bricks, mm. stuff like that. Just something strange, just to see where out of resources building the rest of it. And then, yeah, he's got like his mortuary, um, maybe even like a small. I kind of like having the sanctuary, like the underground, though. Yeah, or something. And then he's whenever like you first meet him, he's outside on like. So there's like a giant stone courtyard around this thing mm-hmm. that is just the base of the upside oh, down pyramid. pyramid. So there's just like this giant square of stone and this tiny little, comparatively tiny <laughs> yeah. little stone pyramid in the middle. <laughs> and then, well, what if he, uh, yeah, you know, I like that. And then around is like his, his, um, maybe like even inside of the stones, I don't need some of the stones are... He's placed like bodies and stuff like that, like like sepulchers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, oh, that's not really important, I guess. So you've got the his little little pyramid on top of his huge upside down pyramid. <laughs> um, what a, what a weird idea! Just knowing as a DM the meta behind that, him being like, man, whoever built the original pyramid took a lot of time that's on that. <laughs> Because well, he just were like kept going. <laughs> he just never. It's like when does this? Thing when end? am I supposed to be done with this? <laughs> just keeps getting deeper. Oh man, deeper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like people who build pyramids like show up and, and they're just like their jaw hits the floor like this yeah. is massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like you know, based on the base of it, you can kind of tell project yeah. the rest of it. It's just huge, like. And he did all of it himself. Oh. <laughs> what, maybe he's just like super particular about like orientation of things and like how things like relate. He couldn't hire a stonemason to do it because like, yeah. he needed to. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty decent. What if, like on all of his like crate, if he has like crates and stuff, he has like hand painted himself or like drawn like this side up. On everything, just because he's like super paranoid about doing. He admits that it's an impressive feat, but he never wanted to do that again. again. He never he's wanted just, to make that mistake. He does not want to make that mistake. So even like his, what if he like has like incredible like ancient paintings that he's just like painted on like this side? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like completely defaced yeah. him with his 
with his oh. paranoia. Oh man, and then all that paranoia. For some reason, he still can't organize for crap. Just can't. No. Well, maybe that's because of his paranoia. Yeah. He's so focused on other things that putting things where they belong is less important to putting things in the right orientation. <laughs> like he's got like ancient treasure maps, but he's just written over them this side. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a whole lot. Because he's just, he's just more satisfied the fact that, like, all this rows and rows of, like, shelving and stuff like that is the right side up. That mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like, where he puts things. Like, imagine building that upside, upside down. down. <laughs> and that took us the better part of an afternoon, too. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Foster's talking about, we got a kind of a pretty minuscule board game shelf. And it took... Two of us, like, a couple hours to put it up right, and then even after that I had to take off some of the brackets because it was peeling the... Redo it, yeah. Yeah, the uh, drywall off the wall. Anyway, um, so there he is. I think think we have enough. Mm -hmm. You get there. There's the pyramid. The The giant stone courtyard. Oh, no, it's just a... Just like a little little guy. (laughs) Just a little guy. Ugh. And maybe yeah, maybe he's out there with his like his cloud puffer, and but what if you even like s- kind of built it up sinisterly? Like it's like the, the, you walk and you all of a sudden the ground shifts to a strange stone material that you've never seen before, and around you billows in a thick smoke that obfuscates your vision. You can't see more than ten feet in front of you. It's like this strange space. You walk forward and you're you nearly collide with your face with this. The large stone step, like sepulcher, that is reaching out of the ground in front of you. You can see the bars, and, and, and through they, the bars, you can see a corpse resting upon like a stone dais. Mm-hmm. And, like, and like you hear him like cackle yeah, like with a, excitement, <laughs> yeah, because it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a a, uh, a shrill cackle rips through the air. You hear the sound of cranking and crunching, and <laughs> he's just. It works. <laughs> what a goofball! I love him. I love him too. I love him a lot. I think he's a real swell guy. A little off kilter, but he's real, real, real swell. Um, you meet him. Tells you to make a cloud puffer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's one step closer to like being able to uh, irrigate fields from like the sky. Because rivers are just so mainstream. <laughs> you can just <laughs> make it rain right on top of where you want to. Foster's quitting the show, guys. It's just you and me. We kill Willow. We But we rename her Lillow first. <laughs> He's back. Um, yeah. He greets you. He you're greets happy. you. Yeah, he's he, happy uh, that you're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. He explains his shenanigans mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe. Takes you inside, obviously, because you were like, hey, we have this gold nugget, boy. Mm-hmm. What is it? <laughs> uh, it's going to take him some, some time. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to go into his records. Right. And as we know already, it's not well organized. Right. It's well organized, just the organizational method is... He forgot Not how organized. he organized it. Yeah, that's how well organized. <laughs> it's so intricate. Um, it's so organized, you can't keep up with how it was organized. Everything's um, right where it should be, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he promises. <laughs> he can't even quite come to terms with that with himself, but a greater mind than his could probably suss it out. Which there may not be a greater mind than his. Um, 
Yeah, you inside of the 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 smaller uh, right side up pyramid are icons and tapestries of various different religions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Different altars, almost like a not quite a hoarder in the sense that like things are piled on top of other things, but there are places, almost like someone took a little like cubicle and like let's decorate all the everything inside this cubicle. In Halloween, and then this one's Christmas, except that way, but with religions. Right. So it's like, here's our nature deity, we're gonna grow a whole oak tree. Right here in this, like, 15 by 15 foot square. And then the the 15 by 15 foot square beside that is our water deity, where we built a fountain. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he's just, like, littered. And here's our war deity. (laughs) Yeah, here's a corpse and a sword. (laughs) Don't touch the sword. It's cursed. Why would you even have like just some really awful, like, like atrocious, like reverse crucified living human being? <laughs> like, just, it's like we have to. We be, don't. Judge. We have to be inclusive. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that tiefling in our campaign worshiping people? <laughs> oh yeah, as Modeus. Yeah, I mean that's very par for the course. Yeah. What if somebody's like they? <laughs> he has on them like the like. They signed up for it yeah. <laughs> because, like, this is their like supplication to their deity. It's like, no, like they're like a living exhibit. Like they signed up for it. Like he's not the bad guy because they wanted to do this. Yeah, he just facilitated like, it. Once he dies, there's 24 more on the yeah, list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got in the front of it, he has got a sign up sheet. And there's like someone in there, like two people in line, like <laughs> just oh. People come and like peel pieces of his flesh off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you again next week, Carl. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I just (laughs) it's real fun. Oh, so you've got all these. You've got like a a job fair for religions inside. like a mini museum yeah yeah and he just he collects uh, as he'd collect anything else he just and that's probably why they ascribe him to like a priest or like a priestly status is because he probably knows more about most religions than most priests know about their own religions um that that kind of uh unabashed obsession like obsessive quality Mm -hmm. of his has led him into like a deeper more comprehensive study of and maybe even more objective uh, you know, especially if you have like a paladin or something like that that's worshiping a, um, hmm, what like like a maybe like a fiery war deity or something like that. And what if he's like <clears throat> he knows like historical inaccuracies of like your most precious text to you or something like that, and he doesn't mean it offensively. He's just like that's you think something incorrect. He knows something correct, and mm-hmm. he's gonna make sure you know about. It. He's kind of a smart ass. But he means well. You may not be as, like, snide about it. Then you'd be less snide than most people would be. Anyways, so he's got all these. He's got the uh, theater of theater of the divine in the kind of first level or whatever. Maybe he has, like, his mortuary somewhere in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe that is, like, the second level. Yeah, yeah. And it's just those two levels. Yep. <laughs> and then the stick. Or does yeah. he have, does he have, like, a down waiter system? I I like the like a dumb waiter. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like he's got a little elevator. Yeah, kind of like a little engineering in there. Yeah, yeah. That's you see, that's that's the kind of thing. Being comprehensive, 
Especially if he knows how to build a pyramid, pyramid, he can probably understand how a winch works. Yeah, and if he, uh, um, you know, can make a smoke machine, <laughs> mm, mm. that's probably a better analogy. Mm. So, yeah, he's got all these different levels, different catalogs of different things. Maybe each level is like organized by. That's about as most as he can remember is like the levels are organized by a certain thing. Like, this is books. These are. There's like the next level is like flora, and the next level is fauna, and the next level is like minerals, and the next level is like he's just got these huge, like broad categories to things. But he understands that, you know, like that's probably the as much as he can get out of himself. Yeah. And maybe he even has like a what if like the, the very, the very bottom <clears throat> is like apparitions, things that he like won't fit into any other category. That he doesn't understand. It's his junk drawer. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it could be just, like, remarkably dangerous or, like, pretty innocuous. Just, it's a weird shape that he doesn't quite know how to... It's like a it's like a stone that's in a weird shape that kind of morphs over time into other weird shapes. Like, yeah. Is it minerals? Like, is this thing living? It and goes then, in the bottom. <laughs> no, and, like, in the middle of the mm-hmm. bottom, it's just, like... This small cube, three by three on all sides, different colors, paint, individual square. It's just a Rubik's cube. Rubik's cube. <laughs> I've never been able to get to that <laughs> This one haunts me in my dreams. What if, like, if you take it and you try to use it and you fail an intelligence roll? You get, like, cursed. You get, you get my, like minus points to your you'd get a penalty to your intelligence mm-hmm. but not because you actually are less intelligent but you just feel less intelligent <laughs> <laughs> so you just behave like a dumb dumb because you're like i just am you're just accepting your fate as a dumb guy that can't make colors make the same colors on the same space yeah, yeah. he's a repository we have really beaten that horse um he he uh, collects and he catalogs and he understands and he creates and um, he's going to be a safe space. And then he goes to um, maybe the histories section or something like that. Or holy texts or like mythologies or something like that. This It may be an interesting idea too. Like he's like, it's going to take me a while. Like you guys can hang around here or you can come back to me tonight or something like mm-hmm. that. And then, then they can go experience the town a little bit mm-hmm. come back and then like the storm happens. Maybe shop because they've, they've done jobs and stuff before mm-hmm. in Tutorial Island. Um, or maybe even yeah. like then Willow can like push them to go into town because she needs to figure out why she's here. Oh, yeah. Or maybe she, That'd be like, interesting. she like leaves them and comes back if she has to. But that's definitely a good motivation though for mm-hmm. going into a place. You already know she's going into town, so like she's like, well, can we just you know since we're waiting anyway, can like I kind of start getting things set up or like getting things figuring out where I need to start organizing mm-hmm. stuff and <clears throat> figuring out what it because I like the idea of keeping her really unsuspecting. She thinks this is just like a job, right? Like this is the same thing to her as like a blacksmithy passing down their like forging hammer, right? Be. She thinks she's just like. She literally probably thinks she is just the neighborhood watch yeah. for the whole city. She has no reason to believe kingdom. otherwise. Yeah. She thinks, like, obviously, like, she thinks of her mother, her father, whoever was involved in kind of high regard. She sees that as, like, a respectable occupation. She got kind of handed down that same 
maybe a little bit of like a little bit of familial pressure to continue on with the same right but it's like not negative pressure it's yeah like it's like this is a she this, wants to this step is, up yeah to yeah play. it's like this is an this is like a positive influence on society mm-hmm. and like there's good purpose and good pay behind it and whatever so yeah i like the idea of like her un- unknowingly like leading them into a trap because most of the time players can circumvent that with a good like perception or a sense motive check or like right. an, like an a but investigation she's innocent check. of it. Yeah, she's just uh, like her hands. She doesn't even have to wash her hands because she didn't kind of get them dirty from the start. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they may go into town. They meet. We may we may flavor the town or something like that here. Probably next time. Mm-hmm. But they go into there and they. I think we need to address you know get to the point to where the battle begins. Mm-hmm. You know maybe even start working on that, and then we can talk about the town. Because I'm sure they'll wind up going to there later yeah. or something like that. Because they more than likely they'll wind up killing that other guy. You know the necromancer. Yeah, they'll almost definitely wind up dispatching that. Okay, so they come back after cavorting in the town. Mm-hmm. He's got it, and he's like, "This is the only thing that I kind of really know." About right, it's raining on the way back up to the. Mm-hmm. It's already starting to storm. Yeah, and he's uh, he meets them and says like he doesn't really know anything about the deity, but he knows something about like the red crystal balls. Yeah, and that kind of gives you a a um a step removed because if he's just like there is like there there was a there was a yeah instead of like this is a mm-hmm. this there was a um that was really good. That's a good, like, mentality to have on, like, really any type of alluding to something else that you don't want to... Like, there was a thing that happened this one time, but, like, don't you... quote me on it because right. history can be, you know, can be falsified. Right. He, so he there... a, this was a... Is it, are, are we going to have him allude to the final destination? Like, the final, like, this is where this group used to worship this thing? Are we going to do that much, like, projecting into the future? That is a really weighty decision. Pros and I guess pros and cons of not you know doing that and not doing that. So we have a really really kind of a little a little bit crisper, clearer foreshadowing of being mm-hmm. like there was like these dudes that worshipped like a fortune deity, and they were kind of all about like these seeing stones or whatever that helped them communicate with their deity, mm-hmm. let them see the will of their deity right. with like these these orbs. I like that too. I like shifting the focus from like the date, like a deity or like a religion onto the icons of their worship. Mm-hmm. So being like, it'd be like, instead of talking about the, like a Judeo Christian Jesus being like, there's these people that walked around with like crosses on their necks all the time mm-hmm. and they would talk to the crosses and they would kiss them and they would offer up prayers to their deity through these, these, crucifix these and, yeah, through yeah. the crucifix. And it was this symbol, like, like really focus on something that is relevant, but Kind of a red herring, but, yeah. but but intensely relevant to right. the situation. Like here's the appetizer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still part of the meal. It just may not be the main course. Mm-hmm. It may not be what you're really there for, even if you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that a whole lot. Actually, I think that's a really good idea. I think that also kind of gives them a, a sense of like direction to to figure Correct. out what this thing is. Um, Maybe they don't even know quite what the mountain is. He just kind of gives them vague like conditional things maybe like, like or like a regional he just gives like that's a good. regional synopsis that's very good. or something what, what if he like what if he, like what if he doesn't even say like oh it's north of here or south of here it's like oh it's in a very like jungly region or like a mountainous yeah. region yeah 
Well, because it's been so... I'm, I'm guessing, too, that the Vigilant has probably quelled a lot of the texts. Yeah. They've, they have probably right. systematically like taken care of... This isn't the internet. They can still go and erase yeah, things. Yeah, you can, you can destroy things forever. Like, right. knowledge can mm-hmm. be erased. Um, the problem is, with them erasing stuff that's in Father Reinhardt's possession, is the same fact of why Father Reinhardt can't find most of those things. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, the process is so convoluted that you'll probably die by the time you find something. Yeah. Um... But I yeah. like the idea of him being on their like, like, uh, like dangerous persons list. Yeah, but, like, yeah, he's been like blacklisted. Like, he's, he's on their list of most dangerous persons. Right. It's like he's on like the like, but you can't threaten him because he knows too much. Yeah. Or or they don't know how much he actually like has connected about right. them. It would just be too dangerous. They would, have, they would be playing their hand. He played to say anything like. How much do you know about these people? And if if he asks why, you're already fucked. Yeah. Like you're already because he could he could it's, have so it's much verbal knowledge. chess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he's like he's not even he doesn't even realize he's playing but, a game, but he's winning because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just and that makes him play out like like a mastermind so, at the same because he is. But I think maybe maybe the best masterminds just don't. They're not. They don't waste their time thinking about how great they are. He's yeah. just completely devoid of that kind of hubris. He just is a. He sees himself like he sees his pyramid. It's just a repository. Mm-hmm. It's just a place to hold information, just like everyone else's brain is a place to hold information. He just happens to have different stuff than you do. So I like keeping him really humble too. I like that idea of him kind of being like this, having a ton of knowledge and a ton of humility at the same time. Mm-hmm. And maybe after all, he is a father. What if the what if like the cloud puffer is malfunctioning? That's why it's sticking around for so long. Maybe that's why it is occupying such a huge space. Or what if it gets like hit by lightning or something? Oh yeah, 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 just yeah. Something. <clears throat> I just I like the idea of him not being above making mistakes. Yeah. On stuff, but yeah, he comes back and he tells you like there was some like mountain dwelling. Do we want to give incorrect information? Hmm. Okay. Pros cons. Pros cons. It's we're really like kind of backing ourselves into a couple different corners. Yeah. It's okay if we just wind up in one corner. <laughs> but we're, yeah, we're in three. Yeah, that, there's big problems there with only got one left. continuity. Yeah. This is the problem with foreshadowing and with prophecy. It's like, yeah. can those just be wrong? Can you like be like, go to the town and ring the bell three times and then whatever. X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And if they go to the town and they ring the bell, and can nothing happen? Can you do that? Can you justify doing that? Because mm. I think that would be an interesting idea. If maybe they, these guys, like, if the Vigilant planted fake information or to at least what mask. If, what if they went to the the trouble of changing the topography of the location? That's quite the feat. Yeah. But, like, Ooh, they, what if they right. knew he... But then there'd be a cool revelation whenever they get to it. And, and like, the, like, some part of the end of an adventure would be, like, this place used to be, like, full of trees and whatever. And, like... They like but someone came here and, like... Chopped Without a word, like, overnight, like, chopped down our entire forest and, like, burnt it to the ground. And, like, that's... That'd be very interesting to be, like... Not even really know that you're on the right path and then get there and be, like, oh, we're, like, there. Like, we, yeah. are, we are at, like, the gateway of this Because, like, they knew he had information. Maybe they know he has information about, like, the region. Oh, so, in, so instead of trying to... Uh, I was going to say trying to mask it with, mo- with too much 
different information. Mm-hmm. What if they just try to false, like they try make to make the, the real information false. look false? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a better idea because it's easier to touch. Yeah, and you can like provide a lot of intrigue on that whenever you realize that it's a lie. Right, that's pretty. Because cool. then it really feels like the sheet's been pulled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing is, then I think you have more reason to be like, we're already here. Right, like, like we've already we know what this is. We know what like what happened. We just gotta know why this happened. Mm-hmm. You're already like, and that's really all investigation is. I feel like we know like what we're doing here. We know like what happened here. It's like we know we're investigators. We know there's a dead body. Why did this person kill this other person? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a lot of. And I think that may be a problem with like, a lot of good mystery stories is they give you just we know that we're investigators and that's all they give you. They don't give you that other, that second one, mm-hmm. to where it's like, we know that like this thing for sure happened. Um, or did. <laughs> or you know, I mean, maybe didn't. And we got to figure out why that mm. thing appears to, but did yeah. not happen. Um, you see, I like the idea of, like, he has correct information. They just try to make it, they tried to make it appear false. Ooh, what if he, like, whenever they enter the atrium at first, they see a pedestal or, like, they see, like, an altar for that deity. Yeah. But they don't put it the they, don't, they just don't put it... To, you just don't... It just gets so muddied in all of them. Because what, what if it's just a pedestal with a, like, fortune teller's ball on it? If yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. I like that. Because... And then he comes back and he's mm-hmm. like... You know, he's like he starts reading those texts. He's like, I have, like, a thing for this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I made this, but, like, there's so... And when they go upstairs is when... Yeah, yeah. See, that's comes, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. They go up there and they're looking at that and they're like... Here's this tap. Remember the tapestry? There's a tapestry with the warning tapestry. And it's got this side up to face on it yeah, now. Like, yeah, it does. It definitely does. And he has like that thing. He mm-hmm. has that tapestry there. Part of that tapestry. Right. And he's like, and there's like trees and stuff. There's the mountain. There's like the, the things part of this thing. Yes. It's just a piece because they've tried to hide the rest mm-hmm. of it. And it's like, I have like this thing and like I have some texts that are kind of vaguely. So this is like the best I can do, and here's some iconography of this thing, and like they, and maybe even in the tapestry they have like a couple of them are like speaking through like these red orbs or whatever, like you know they mm-hmm. they like these white like uh, whatever this deity's name is is like you know they they use that as so a way. Are to... Are we going to f- go ahead and like full handily be like this is a deity then? It's a religion. I think that that'd be a good idea is to have it's a religious affiliation. We don't quite know the deity yet, and I don't think that the tapestry should show that much. Right. Okay. I think that it may be a good idea to just maybe it's just like a couple people, like or a person, like part of the tapestry, like holding up part of the the orb in like a bunch of trees, and then there's just like a mountain with like a sanctuary, like a bunch of light coming out of it, or something. Mm-hmm. Like he's holding up a thing, and it's like oh, it's like illuminating the city yeah. or something. You know, something like very dramatic and very like medieval. Yeah. And he's like, this is like as much as I can get on this thing. It's like they kind of they're like fortune tellers and like. But the thing is, like, these things, what you have here is definitely connected to that. Do we want to throw any of the vigilant iconography into the... The vigilant was made post... 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 uh, Well, see, I don't know if they would would have taken any of the symbolism. They did take a little bit of it with the red orbs. Oh, okay. That's Mm -hmm. all we're going to... Okay. I just think that, like... Because I I, I don't want to be too, like... The the mural... the (laughs) The tapestry, I think, was made, and then it was perverted, painted over, and then redone in a way with, like, whenever they killed it. Originally, mm-hmm. it's like, this is stuff that you need right. to not pay attention to. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. He's like, he's trying to mask it. Big cover-up. 
Yeah, he was trying to cover it up. And then, but the tapestry was there whenever, before there was a conspiracy to be had. Um, it was just like innocuous. Mm-hmm. It was just, hey, here's this cool tapestry of a guy walking up to our temple where our deity is. And they just have the portion. They don't have all the crazy like ritual paintings mm-hmm. and like the, the visage of the deity, like the actual depictions of it. They just have a dude walking with a red orb up to like a mountain yeah. with a bunch of trees around him. What if the trees are a certain way too? Like kind of give a really clear, like this is, what if all the trees are red too or something like that? Ooh. And then you come back later, and they're like, you, you know, "We just used to." Or like, what if they're all like autumnal, and it's like forever autumn in this area? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like they. It's always. It may not even be temperature that season, but it's just like the. But it's it, it's just because of what the trees are. They call it like the places, like the yeah, places yeah, like, like the autumn valley or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just like it, it, that way. You don't just be like. In case your people get rerouted to a place with a mountain and trees behind it, they don't start thinking like, this is it. <laughs> We're here. Yeah. Because trees and rocks. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Having like a place where it's like he's has like the red orb and like the red and orange trees and stuff mm-hmm. around him. And then like there's a mountain with like a glimmering light shining mm-hmm. inside of it. And he's, yeah, it's like that exodus or I guess that wouldn't be an exodus. The pilgrimage to yeah. like the whatever. Um but that's all that he knows, mm-hmm. which is very strange to him because he knows so many things. And this is just like a thorn in his side. He doesn't know. And what, like, what if he has like a piece of the like the original non covered up tapestry, but it's like somewhere stored away? That'd be very interesting if they came back. Maybe he even says like, "I'll keep on looking," but it's just going to take me some time. Right. Maybe he comes back because then like, yeah, you, as the more. DM, can pick when that timer ends and when he can have revealed that. Yes. Uh, that, that's called dis- dispensational exposition, mm-hmm. and it's basically like you have more stuff in store, but it's just you're going to be withholding until they and, get to a certain point. Yeah, mm-hmm. to dispense. Mm-hmm. Father, yeah, it, it's like it's like what cranking a, a, a goshapon with like M and M's, and just like eventually you'll get all of them, but you yeah. just gotta keep turning. It. Father Reinhardt is. The multi-tool of the DM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that may be that may be a nice meta. Mm-hmm. Is to be able to use him as a mechanism for dispen- like dispensing uh, exposition out yep. on people. Oh, you need another quarter to get more candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that quarter is just time. Yeah. Um, so they get out there. Um, they're talking to him. Lightning, boom, striking. Scary. The thing that, you know, the storm that wrecked his... Puffer. Or makes his puffer work overtime. <laughs> or, or makes his puffer work overtime. Um, you've already kind of set the precedence where maybe even showed you, like, some of the... I kind of like the idea of, like, the... If you have the privilege of being buried on the uh, base of the inverse <laughs> pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have, like... You have your sepulcher, like, the a building, like, a small place to be buried mm-hmm. inside. Like, that is particularly special. Like, rich people can pay to be buried in, like, the stone courtyard. Above mm. ground. So the guy <laughs> brings back a bunch of rich people. <laughs> he brings back, yeah, I mean, he brings like, back, like, influential, like, mm-hmm. whatever. It's the people that could afford that, or right. whatever. And so they're just, like, uh, really, like, they're, like, fully decked out in, like, nice robes. And yeah, yeah. It would be, like, jewelry and, and if they were, like, maybe they're a famous, uh, you know, uh, history's famous hero or something like that. Like, they would have, like, interesting, they would have interesting properties, mm-hmm. I feel like. They wouldn't just be a farmhand McGee. Right. That got thrown in there with like his plow, like the uh, the hero of the third age or something. Yeah, someone mm-hmm. very important could be in there, and I think that that may be an interesting idea is to have to treat the necromancer more like a summoner, and be like 
he is just controlling a mob, and you can throw another magic user, an a, a undead magic user. Mm-hmm. You can throw a undead, like, barbarian or something. Throw a bunch of different stuff. Kind of make it interesting. They can fight a bunch of different, just, like, classes. Yeah, 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 essentially. But then, like, ultimately, like, it is, hopefully, your players figure out that, like, you're cutting down these things, trying to get closer and closer to the necromancer. Right. It may be even a cool idea to where, like, he's hiding inside of some of the... You have to find him inside of some of the sepulchers or something like that. Like, he can shift in some mechanical, predictable way. Like, mm-hmm. once you figure out the pattern or something like that. Uh, we don't have to get into all or that Or if he's here. just, like, sitting on top of the pyramid. <laughs> but it's just so cloudy. Oh, that's you true. Can yeah. And then eventually, at some point... Or maybe you have a magic user who uses some sort of mm-hmm. like wind spell to I guess it would be. I think it would be uh, kind of contingent upon who your players are. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Was like, there's so many different things you can do, and like, I don't know why I can't really get, like get behind we don't know who, we don't know who the party is. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so, gonna be the challenge of this entire thing. <laughs> I think so, but I think that the story will speak for mm-hmm. itself eventually. Yeah. I think it already is starting to do that. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the ball is rolling on things, mm-hmm. and it gets easier and easier to start yeah. just connecting again. Connecting. We already have the ending right everything else is fluff yeah so you know it's just we already have the pillow we're just stuffing and we just kind of want to figure out how many beats we want exactly so. that's exactly what we're doing um so yeah um i would i would recommend just based on other combat encounters we have and my experience as a dungeon master throw together t- at least pairs of things don't do big things all at once uh don't do like a huge I made the mistake at the beginning of this campaign because I was worried that I would have new players and they would be worried if a huge thing just showed up out of the sky. So I did that. I didn't do that at first and I did that a couple times because I just dispatched things so quickly because I was kind of, I was maybe been going easy on people in retrospect. But um, throw together interesting pairings, things that can play off of each other because that's what your party is going to be doing. Your party is going to be playing off of each other's abilities, mm-hmm. even if it's not like, Oh, you cast fireball, and then I'm gonna summon a cheetah, and then the cheetah's gonna jump into the fireball and catch on fire, and then like claw this guy, and it's gonna do fire damage and slashing damage. Like I don't know, your players aren't may not do that. Just casting fireball at will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But they may not be strategizing that much, but they will be working together in the sense that they are each doing damage respectively. Mm -hmm. That is working together. I like like the idea of there being. In this combat, I had two undead people that are, like, trying to flank you the whole time. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. And, like, introduce flanking if mm-hmm. you haven't already. Especially if you have a rogue already, like, punish, like, start punishing them as a way of teaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's exa- I was going to say, do a, um, like, a combat, like a, like a, this, this is the three things I would bring up. I would bring up three things in this fight. I'd have a melee barbarian, something really strong, not a fighter. I'd have something that's super, super aggressive that requires a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it is just that big and dramatic. I would have a super sneaky thing that requires a lot of per- like you you have to do perception to even know if it's there because it's hiding it's hiding behind things where it has complete concealment and it's foggy and it's foggy. This thing is like almost nearly imperceptible, and mm-hmm. if it gets behind you, like that's a, a huge problem. Yeah, like if it's and in front then, of you, it's just doing like ticky tack damage. But yes, yeah, yeah, it's just I mean it's got like a knife or or a dagger or something. Like yeah, that. but if it gets the sneak attack, mm-hmm. if it, it starts flanking you, then it, especially yeah, especially if you do model it after a rogue and it gets sneak attack bonuses like that, it's just like. It might as well, it might be game over for some of your people, yeah. and this is a, a moment. This is I feel like this is going to be the first huge encounter. Like, yeah, this is the this first. This needs to feel different. If you are in like I write music and stuff for, for mm-hmm. stuff, this is a time when I would be writing like 
a theme for this fight. Right, especially if you end a session with the scene we ended with our last episode. With a person walking With up. a person walking yeah. up. And, and then, then just continue that music into the, the session. The gates, like, all in synchronicity, all uh, of the doors all open up at once. Or like they slide off the They top. slide off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they all... Cracking to the ground. You know, the dead... The, the doorway... From the uh, you know, from the afterlife has been opened up. Mm-hmm. That's where you end. And then it, you, this this has to be huge because right. this is the bad. This is the thing that you need to be afraid of constantly. Yes. Like, and the thing is, like, you don't have to do that. Like, not in every campaign, you don't have to have the thing that you're afraid of be the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. Um, but you have to have a thing that is constantly putting that pressure on you. That's just like this thing doesn't want this thing doesn't want justice. It just wants you dead. Yeah. That's a good campaign in most settings. Obviously, there's exceptions to that. But this thing just wants to kill you. It just wants mm-hmm. to, like, it just wants you dead. It wants to, it has motivations that are completely different than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have, if you do use music, it, it's a great way to get your players just to, like, re enter that frame of mind they were in when you ended the last session. Are you okay if we go a little long today? We're, we're already, already a little long. long. Yeah, we're already a little okay. long. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, until, like, you. You ended the one side. Of the you set you set the stage. The scene just happened. Music ends, and then you sit right back at the table next week. Music starts back up again. Mm-hmm. That's just another level of keeping them into the story kind of deal. There is the, the problem is like setting a tone, and if you like set the tone that like this is a tabletop. I want to open this up. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have the thing that you get. If if you're it's, it's so hard to set the correct tone. And music and soundscapes are a really easy way to do that. That's why, like, even in my games, if I can just make the sound of, like, wind blowing, I will do that now. Is because it changes the room into the environment that the, the, that the characters are mm-hmm. in. It changes the player's room into the character's room. Um, so this is, like, we've got our big beefy guy. We've got our rogue-ish mm-hmm. type person that's going to do sneaky stuff. That's going to do sneak attacks. That's going to flank. And then I think the last thing, the last part of this, like, really nice, difficult trinity is the ranged fighter. Is these, the barbarians attacking, the things sneaking, and you've either got a ranged zombie spellcaster or you have a ranged, like, like a ranger. Like a bow, bowman. Right. I like, I like the idea of like there being some sort of like will saves going on or some sort of mental attack as well like ooh well what if you do like fear effects cuz it's the undead yeah so like the necromancer is also like passively like casting some sort mm-hmm. of yeah yeah he's doing some some smaller stuff to just make environmental hazard right. cuz his stuff. big thing was just undead people yeah and he's just kind of clean you know it's it's, it's a lot easier for everyone else to do the work for you and him to just clean it up mm-hmm. And I can clean up him just go in there and take what he wants. Right. Um, I have a... Wow, I don't know how we're going to end this episode because I feel like there's just... I guess the combat <laughs> the combat encounter may be done before we can end this, but what is Willow going to be doing here? She knows that what she did. Right. She knows... She's, she called this guy. The deeper and deeper that you get into the exposition of, from Reinhardt, like, eventually she's going to be like... Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh this no! The and thing. then she's gonna take a step back and then blow her, blow her whistle. Blow her whistle. She's gonna whistle blow, and then like the doors crack open, and then she's like, "Oh, cavalry! You know, cavalry has arrived. Like my job's here. Is like good job, Willow. Yeah. yeah. But, but this may be another promotion in under your belt. But, but then she they, like 
like with you and the that word you were saying like oh i've only ever read this she's only ever read like oh blow the whistle the cavalry's here she yeah. doesn't know like what it sounds like <laughs> like and then this this thing happens um this <sighs> thing shows up this guy can't this guy can't live i don't think he has to die and if he go if he does get away that's such crazy drastic consequences for your players cuz they know exactly what it is cuz these they, I, I imagine like the generals or whatever know what they're looking for they know uh, th- right she's just a scout she's yeah just, yeah she's like the part-time seasonal employee she might as well be a pigeon like. yeah yeah she uh, yeah yeah she's she's, she's really inconsequential yeah. um, so if you let cuz this guy's going to be top tier like you said he's going to be like a general mm-hmm. here yeah, if he gets back, then the party has the biggest target on their back. Yeah. I just don't think that's the time quite yet. No. They I think ha- they have I th- to. I think it would be fun. This guy's going to go down with the ship. Yeah. Yeah, so they defeat, like, the champions, the undead, like, champions. Mm-hmm. And it may be fun to have, like, some CR halves zombies like, just to be there, just to be kind of fodder. Or some skeletons or something. Yep. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. And then they take care of the champions. Just to clutter the field. Yeah. Bit, yeah. And then have, like, this necromancer dude, like, have, you know, he's still magic. Maybe do no physical combat. It's all magic stuff. But maybe he's just kind of, like, a ragey, unrestrained, like, you've foiled him, and now he just, like, kind of goes fucking ballistic. Mm-hmm. And he's going to start, like, doing crazy stuff, like, hand-to-hand combat kind of thing. Maybe what is like, some monkey. Like a monkey thing. Yeah, yeah. kind of like he... You know, you try and punch him and he grabs your arm and, like, sucks some vampiric, you know, vampiric style, like, just grabs you and sucks some health out of you and flips you over, fatigues you, you come behind him with the sword, he grabs the sword and then rusts it. And then, like, throw, you like, just, like, have, like, this... Because he is a badass. Yeah, yeah, like, like that that cannot be understated here, is, like, you come behind him with a sword, if he touches your sword, like, your sword's broken. Yeah. Like, unless it's a holy sword or something like that, like, he destroyed your sword. You know, you come with him and you try and, like, grapple him and he grabs your leg and then like fatigues you to the point where you fall asleep or something like that. he's just like like he should be like what he's your a, player should be he like he's like a force of nature like, yeah he yeah is. he well he was he's the cleanup crew yeah. like, like that's his job and i think there is I, I, there's a whole other we may have to save this for next episode too but there's this moment Whenever you've made as a dungeon master there's there's things players love npcs players love Sit cool cities and items and stuff like that, but there's like kind of this universal respect for whenever your dungeon master has made like this badass enemy that you're just like is super near incomprehensible, super powerful, but like not cheesy or like it feels uh it doesn't feel cheap. Yeah, they're it, just it like feels like holy shit. Yeah, this guy is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is like, and the cool thing is, why do you feel that way? It's because like that thing is this is possible. Right. That's why that's cool. It's because your players are like they have something to ascribe some vengeance upon. It's like eventually, like I will become strong enough to destroy this thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's in this guy that just like you try and attack him with a battle axe and he just grabs it and destroys it. Mm-hmm. Like what do you? What's your barbarian gonna do? <laughs> At least you don't have to know what your barbarian's gonna do because it's your barbarian's problem. Yeah, but that's his problem. Mm-hmm. And and that's another big part about making like there's some characters that I make that's like they're just they're just gonna die and they got a sword yeah. and I'll just attack you. There's some bad guys where it's like I don't necessarily know of like the way to kill them. Well, I like don't the Ronin. <laughs> yeah, like well they they were I built four of them intentionally um, in that way. So it was like I don't really know exactly. 
how you guys can plan. I got ideas of like maybe what I would try to do, mm-hmm. and there are some correct ways and incorrect ways, but I don't really know. I don't mm. really know. They're just badasses, and right. they don't. It's like you went and made like a level fifteen character or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a difference between like building a tank, which is like in real life building mm-hmm. a tank, towards like you're trying to make the strongest, most powerful thing that is the hardest to put down. The difference between that and Legend of Zelda, where you have the glowing eye syndrome, where it's like just shoot the thing, just shoot the bad guy in the glowing eye enough time, three times, yeah. and then you win. Like. There's a difference there, and having glowing eye syndrome isn't bad, but you have to have this thing towards like this this again subversion. This mm-hmm. subverts all of my expectations of how to dispatch these things. It doesn't have like a glowing weak point on its back. It doesn't have like these straps in its armor that you have to cut before you can whatever. Mm-hmm. This thing just like is destroying our weapons, is sucking the life out of us literally, and every time we give it a second to rest, it's spawning more zombies around. <laughs> it's like. That, that that's cool that's yeah. a good enemy that's a good encounter that's a good precedent setting that these guys you don't fuck with them cause they'll just fuck you this <laughs> 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 is really not safe for work oh man that was pretty already not safe yeah. for work this <laughs> was like when you order a stripper and she shows up with a strap on <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly that's, exact, that, that's probably where we're gonna end today Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know who doesn't show up for the strap on? I was gonna say Alex Kim. We don't do that anymore. We don't do them anymore. We don't. We've never done them ever. <laughs> the um. Weird you know who doesn't show up with the strap on? Us. Unless that's what you need. <laughs> Because, uh, but if you do need that, feel free to contact us at thedragonshordcast at gmail.com on our Twitter at the Hordecast or on our Reddit page, the Dragon's Hordecast. Please try to keep it friendly. <laughs> and uh, let us know what you think, man. Uh, whatever device you're listening on or whatever platform you're using, uh, leave us a review or a comment or a rating, whatever you can do on them. That really helps us out, lets us know that you guys are enjoying the content we're putting out there. And it gives you guys a chance to let us know what you guys like so we can keep doing that if you really mm-hmm. like this creative stuff we're doing which we think you all are um, based off of our numbers then we'll, we'll keep doing stuff like this yeah. a lot more and we really enjoy that so uh, leave a review comment subscribe whatever you guys can do just to let us know that you guys are enjoying what we're doing we're on basically every platform that doesn't require you to spend money to get mm-hmm. it so uh, places like Pod Rocket, um places like Stitcher and stuff like that. We aren't on those because you have to pay for those. Um, we are on Podbean and iTunes, uh, Apple iTunes podcast. Um, we are on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We, you know, we're on we're on more stuff even than I, I don't even know some of these websites that mm-hmm. exist that we see us on. Um, but we're on there because we want to provide the show for free. We do have extra stuff um, about... I think on average about 20 minutes of every recording winds up being not aired. If you'd like to hear that extra unedited version of our podcast where I still EQ it so it's still listenable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still I've, I, it's the same sound quality as our, our show. Um, but I have like... I haven't shifted things around. I haven't added sound effects. And yeah, I haven't like, like cut out the ums or the, or the weird tangents that we're like... 
like, man, I started trying on a di uh, adult diapers here recently. <laughs> you know, if you want those like juicy takes of us saying things that we will definitely regret later when we become politicians, like please, <laughs> please uh, go to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com/slash/awardcast. Same as same as our Twitter. Um, we have different reward tiers. It's as small as like a dollar, and we'll let you know that we are grateful for that, and we'll make sure that the horde knows that you are doing such a cool thing for us. All the way up. Um, oh. Oh my. Um, uh, all the way up until, like, we'll uh, write a letter and then uh, ship off uh, a pair of dice. Or a pair of dice. A set of dice. Or a pair, if you only want two. If you only want two, that's fine, too. <laughs> but we'll we'll ship off a special set of dice, like, for you. Um, yeah, that's cool. If you uh, don't want to do monthly subscription type things, but you want to still... Um, try and give back to the show a little bit. We do have merchandise. Teespring.com slash stores slash the dash dragons dash horde. Go check it out. We got a, a store up there. Got t-shirts, long sleeves, v-necks, um, several different butternut designs. Mm -hmm. um, throwback to seasons one and two. And yeah. as well as we have uh, just our, our cool logo from October. Um, yeah. We got t-shirts with that on it. As well as a stellar goose booty mug. If when you wake up in the morning, you need a cup of joe. You need a stellar goose booty mug to mm -hmm. put that gel into. Yeah. If you want to confuse your 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 co-workers as to the nature of your sexuality, get a stellar goose booty mug. People are going to wonder exactly what you're about. They won't ask you because HR will be all over that. Um, and I think the question of the hour is, Foster, are we forgetting something? This summer, one man has a simple request. eBay, whenever I was buying them, auto-populated like the delivery address to our old place. That goes unanswered. Sorry, we cannot like change the shipping address like the order's already been processed. But he will do anything. Call FedEx, and I was like, hey FedEx. Can we please get this rerouted to our house? To get his package. Who is selling this? Heartskeep.com. Merrillton, 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 New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Call Heartskeep. I just need to get the package rerouted. But when everything is standing in your way, we can't do that. I mean, that's not what FedEx told me. What will you sacrifice? This is like all day. To get what you want. Call eBay back. I talked to the shipper. Call Parsky. Call him back again. But who will you become? Partsgeek LLC has your address. This is you. You are selling these pieces. I really need you guys to contact eBay. And, or contact FedEx and tell them to reroute this. When it finally arrives, this July comes the podcast that everyone is talking about. Critics say, I've had this happen before. Uh, this is kind of relatable, I guess. Do people actually listen to... Do, do people really listen to this shit? Seriously, I'm only like one dude. There's only so many sound effects I can do with my voice. Can I just, can I, can I go home now? Uh, I'm gonna get some Arby's later. Uh, 
I'll fly if you guys buy. <laughs> okay. Premiering at a podcast host near you is... Click, click. <laughs>